2: Welcome to Muller She Wrote. This is the Russian Roulette mini-sode. We're going to be going over uh, Michael Isakoff and David Korn's new book, Russian Roulette. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I'm, I, I'm excited about this. This book is really good. So I'm AG. I'm your anonymous host, as always. And with me is Julisa. Hey, what's up? Jordan Coburn. Hey, everyone. All right, let's get right into it. All right, chapter five. Uh, this is the new version of Watergate, mm-hmm. is the name of this chapter. And uh, I know, Julisa, you you read really in-depth into this chapter, and yeah. I, I want to hand this over over to you, so that you can you can talk about it a little bit.
0: Yeah, thank you. So this chapter it uh basically covers the first time the FBI reached down to the DNC.
2: And to- I have to tell you, my notes say that this guy Hawkins that you're about to talk yeah. about, it's I wrote mid level IT guy, but for some reason I just read it as medieval IT guy. I read it as that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now this sounds like another Saturday Night Live skit, <laughs> like you know the frozen caveman lawyer, or yeah. are you guys too young for that? Oh no, no I've seen that concept. one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> frozen caveman. Now we have medieval IT guy. I dig it. I dig that it. sounds like it's going to be amazing. That's way better than the other one.
0: Honestly, yes. This is the sketch we need to do, if nothing else.
2: Do-do-do-do. <laughs> have you so, tried unplugging it?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. Don't apologize. So this yeah, uh, this whole really chapter is about FBI agent Hawkins, Hawkins and uh, the call that he received from the uh, or the call that he made to the DNC. And it started in September 2015. So uh, he called to tell them they'd been hacked, basically. Do-do-do-do. Yes. <laughs> and the guy he told he was a mid-level IT guy, but the IT guy didn't really believe him. He's got a crazy name, too. What was his name? The, the guy that... What the mid-level that? IT guy. Gary Tamini was the guy that the FBI agent Hawkins yeah, called. Yeah, mid-level IT guy. Yeah, like, he didn't like know anything. a guy you
2: know in, a, in your office. Exactly, yeah. yeah.
0: Could have just got the job, basically. So he was the one that uh, was called. And, and Hawkins told him to check the logs and look for a virus called the Dukes because that was the one that they were uh, aware of that the Russians might have a connection to. So yeah, from the APT guys. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah.
2: And so, it's so hilarious, too, because if you got a call – think about this. You work for the government. You get a call that says, "I work for the FBI. I need you to look at your logs." You're it gonna sounds be like you are going
0: to be like, "Get the f out of yeah, here!" Yeah, yeah. Why are
2: you calling me?
0: <laughs> exactly. How
2: do you prove that? You know, and why are you calling me, a mid-level IT dude? Like, <laughs> I don't. Know. He was super wary. It of was him. like a prank
0: to him. Yeah, he yeah, was like,
2: what? "It didn't sound real."
0: Not real, but
2: it. He was. He thought he was like somebody trying to get info. mm
0: Hmm. Yeah. So, so Hawkin, he was an APT specialist, and basically, the APTs hack in and leave malware that led them keep bleeding data. So they were kind of leeching off of the DMC and all of these botched early communications would be seen as a missed opportunity to thwart the Russian attack. So later the DNC was actually thought of uh or would think that the FBI didn't try hard enough to thwart these things. Right.
2: They thought it was on purpose. Yeah. Right. So basically, the guy calls the mid-level IT guy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Don't even worry. I'm not listening to you. I'm not looking. I'm the mid-level guy. And right. the guy's like trying to call him back. So this was a, a messed up. That was dumb. They should have gone to the top, first of yeah. all. The FBI should have gone to the top. They should have gone to MOOC or Elias Because they something. eventually did. But they should have started there. Yeah. But they didn't. They called this one guy. and And... You're right, and in exactly the APT that what that's what it does. They hack in and they leave a little thing in there, and just it bleeds all the mm-hmm. uh, bleeds all your data. Jesus. And this, now that we look back on it, the fact that they called this mid level guy and nobody really got in touch with anybody big until six months later It doesn't I think, really make
0: any sense. It seems it's, lazy.
2: It's why did you not? Pay attention, mm-hmm. and 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 I don't blame the DNC for thinking that the FBI did this on purpose, right? Because I mean, because the FBI was the one who like did the whole Hillary email thing, and exactly, and she mm-hmm. thought that they were against her. So they, sh- sh- they at
0: the time, it yeah. made sense. Like yeah. they
2: were in Trump's pocket. Steele, mm-hmm. Christopher Steele, thought that for a while too. Yeah, remember when he tried to tell them about the stuff, and and, and they were like, no, they wouldn't announce it, and instead yeah. they announced the Hillary stuff, mm-hmm. and, and Steele and was, was like, he yeah. thought the FBI was in Trump's pocket.
0: Exactly, they had no way of knowing at the time. So in March 2016, Podesta got an email from what he thought was Google saying his account was hacked and needed to change his password and to click and log to change it. So they gave him a link. And this is where I want to really quote the book because this was the craziest passage to me. So basically... It says on Saturday, March 19th, 2016 at 4.34 a.m., John Podesta, the Hillary Clinton campaign chairman, received what looked like an email from Google and his personal Gmail account. And this is what the, the email said. Hi, John, someone just used your password to try to sign into your Google account. And the email also said it was from the Gmail team. So it noted that the attempted intrusion had come from an IP address in Ukraine. So the FBI noted that and the email Went on to say, Google stopped this sign in attempt. You should change your password immediately. And the Gmail team, or quote the Gmail team, included a link to a site where Podesta could make the recommended
2: password change. I've gotten a lot of these where they're Me like, uh, somebody breached you. Click here to put, to yeah, change your exactly. thing. Exactly. Another thing that happens too is Twitter verification. They'll be yeah. like, do you want a blue check mark next to your name? Click here. Oh. And then you click there. You put in your Twitter mm-hmm. uh, handle and your password. And then they ask for a credit card and they asked for all this stuff. And I'm like, no. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. That morning, Podesta forwarded the email to the chief of staff, Sarah Latham, who then sent it along to Charles DeLavin, a young IT staffer at the Clinton campaign. So at 9.54 a.m. that morning, DeLavin replied, This is a legitimate email. John needs to change his password immediately and ensure that two-factor authentication is turned on his account. It is absolutely imperative that this is done ASAP. So the thing is, the Lavin later asserted to colleagues that he had committed a typo. So he actually meant to write that this is not a legitimate email (laughs) and... Not everyone in the Kling campaign actually believed him, but he does have an alibi. So in his argument and his and favor, what's interesting
2: too is when he when he sent the this is a legitimate email. Yeah, uh, even though he's supposed to say this is not, he put the correct link there. Yeah, Podesta didn't click exactly. that exactly. He clicked the original, he, link, the
0: Russian one. And that, the so that's in. yeah, that's the alibi. Basically, is it Dolavin De Devalin? I can't. I I forget. He's a really important figure, so I want to get his name right. But I would say Delavin. He he did have a pretty good argument. The fact that he sent the correct link, as you said, AG, makes it so that his intentions were well, but it turns out the the guy just happened Podesta just happened to fall for the original link. Mm-hmm. It could have happened to anyone. I just happened to be the lead guy of the Hinton, the Clinton campaign. So I guess uh, so. That's just
2: that's pretty basic like uh, yeah. cybersecurity training. Yeah, but I mean, but yeah. if, if you get an email back from your person saying it's authentic, yeah, yeah. that typo is a big deal. It, it is. is. Yeah. yeah. And But if they say click here, I would have clicked there and exactly. Not on the original yeah. one.
0: But that's where it seems like that's where the simple mistake <laughs> came into play. He's like, okay, I did follow up with the the right person and he gave me a link back but sometimes threads like and emails can get really confusing
2: like i guess yeah but i think what's interesting is that this this google fish was sent to nineteen thousand people Mm mm-hmm uh yeah and, and
0: 40 of them actually were like fell for
2: it and podesta is one of them
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah so, so that kind of sucks because they may have gotten a lot of low-level people but podesta is not low level in any sense so he was well, his this big brain fish. Might be- <laughs> yeah you know i want to feel bad for him because i would have fell for it but you're right jordan I'm not in his position. I should be trained a lot better if I ever
2: got in that position. Yeah, well, and then the FBI contacted Mook. Oh, yeah, that's right. They started started going up the chain, Mm -hmm. right? The campaign data manager, finally, for HRC, and handed it off to Mark Elias. He's the HRC lawyer.
0: Exactly, and the FBI requested documents from the DNC, but the DNC didn't trust the FBI, so that was that issue. No,
2: because they thought, because of the whole botched communications in the first place, that the FBI was in the pocket of Right,
0: and it made sense, yes. But the FBI tried to assure them that the documents would remain classified and wouldn't be subject to foia
2: or is it foia 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 requests yeah. Yeah. freedom of information act requests mm-hmm. meaning like that. yeah because basically if if i want to get any information on on anything the government does i can put in a foia request right uh, under the freedom of information act yeah but in le- if the fbi uh is seizing documents or getting documents as part of evidence of an ongoing av- investigation. You, they don't want that to have access, yeah. You are not allowed to have right, access. Right. Those can't be turned over from a FOIA request until the investigation's closed. Exactly. And, and even then they might be redacted or classified.
0: Yeah, so he wanted to let them know that it, it wouldn't be subject to that. Uh, so, But the DNC had their own cyber problem. So <laughs> That's what crazy. Yeah, yeah, Bernie had an issue. So his staffer stumbled upon Clinton's voter rolls in the DNC. And so as a result, the DNC blocked Bernie from accessing the role at all, including his own and then Bernie suit and the DNC let him back in and then Bernie dropped the suit. So during all of that, the original mid-level IT guy, Tamine, was that yeah. the guy? Yeah. He found the original intrusion. Yeah, <laughs> so,
2: totally by accident.
0: Yeah. So it turns out wow. someone locked into the system using his credentials and, and while he was sleeping, that's how he, they got away with it. He didn't even know it was happening Well, at that's
2: all. how he found out. Yeah. yeah. It, oh, okay. He was so, looking at the logs and he saw that somebody was logged in at Three in the morning, and he, and he was like, "I there we was go. asleep." Yeah. Oh, so he, Jeez. so all this whole time, he was looking for something different mm-hmm. when he should have been looking his for own log, anyone's own logins when yeah. they weren't. A week <laughs> exactly that, they
0: were actually Russia was pretty clever about this yeah like, they're
2: very very sophisticated mm-hmm.
0: and a lady in the DNC said, uh, this is the new Watergate so where the chapter title comes from this is how they do it now you don't
2: need a crowbar anymore you I know? love that quote yeah mm-hmm. that's good this is the new Watergate this is how they do it now you don't need a crowbar anymore mm-hmm. that's. Give me the true. chills. Yeah. It's chilling. Yeah. And it, what's interesting about that lady is when she worked in the office, they, when she worked for the DNC back during the, the Nixon uh, administration, yeah. she... Kept that file cabinet that was broken Into and <laughs> I think she like had it Have it has it next to her in her office Whoa. Like,
1: like, it's a thing. She could
2: sell it on ebay man I'd Buy it
1: oh yeah but no man yeah. I
2: would keep The shit out of that yeah. absolutely can you Keep the shit out of something yeah. Yeah, out of yes, you yeah
1: You can you can the shit out Of anything keep it af
2: I would say Well this is where CrowdStrike comes in right exactly. and They were in the minority report that you know That we just yep. went over so in they the were the Firm that the yeah.
0: bnc hired to pretty Much counter this whole thing and they Immediately found the intruders it was a APT 28 and APT 29, also known as Fancy Bear and Cozy Bear. Ooh. Yeah. Sh- that's there shout there out comes. to episode 17. <laughs> yeah. We talk about that in a couple episodes, actually. Mm-hmm. So, Cozy Bear had been leeching off the DNC since 2015, and Fancy Bear got there in 26. They just got to the party. <laughs> 2016, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. They're new. <laughs> fancy Bear's new. They're fancy,
2: but they're new. Oh, yeah.
0: And uh, there was no evidence that these two were in cahoots, but it's all two
2: problematic. Separate bears. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> that had nothing to, they weren't no working. No cahoots. They're just two bears. They're just all bears. Is yeah. It, is it because, isn't there pictures of Putin riding a bear? Oh, shirtless. yeah. Shirtless, that, yes. That's, that has to be why, right?
1: Yeah. I would imagine.
2: I yeah. Know. Who just, what what are What other the president Yeah, trolls. Is just bears. a very
0: troll-induced name. <laughs> Troll-inspired. Yeah. So, among the stolen files was the entire Oppo research file on Trump. So, they had the dirt, and there was no telling what they were going to do with it.
2: That that part freaks me out. Um, so Hillary had built, well, not Hillary herself, but the Hillary's campaign had built this entire Oppo research file on Trump, mm-hmm. all the dirt on Trump that you could ever want and right. or need. And the Russians had it. That means they immediately. Yeah. That means immediately that the Russians uh, that that he's vulnerable
1: mm-hmm.
2: to blackmail by the Russians. Yeah.
0: Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I was just thinking about them having the upper hand, but you're right.
2: Just on an international well, like, level. Like yeah. the whole thing that the Russians want to do is, is compromise. That's their big tactic, mm-hmm. right? So that's why they take, that's why they offer you uh, prostitutes and put you in a Ritz Carlton where they mm-hmm. have cameras. Make so they, you can, vulnerable. So they yes. can get compromise on you mm-hmm. and then go, I'm going to show everyone this tape. If you don't do what I say. Mm-hmm. So compromise is a very, very common thing in Russia. It's like their number one thing. Yeah Uh, to get on people and now they have the oppo the oppo research file opposition research file on Trump that they got from the from the DNC Mm -hmm. and Hillary
1: did all the work for him
2: they could have (laughs) used that that could have helped them blackmail him yeah. He, yeah, he's that was one way he's compromised. He's also owes
0: them probably millions of dollars, but whatever. Yeah. I wouldn't even judge Trump for the PP tape at this point if he just came out with it and just quietly disappeared.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: like if that's the worst, but I doubt it. So much cheese.
2: I don't know. I hope so. All right, let's go on to chapter six. Uh, Felix Sater. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, November 2015 is is where this takes place it starts up around the time Trump was ahead in the primaries and he started saying all those awful things just the awful everything was awful yeah. Mexicans are rapist Rosie O'Donnell is a fat cow mm-hmm. uh hater fat face uh, he was somebody the book says this is this is the best quote on how to ex- describe what he was doing he was quote shrewdly exploiting deep-seated resentments and bigotry right. unquote what, that's exactly how how it is And on December 2nd, Horowitz of AP Associated Press asked Trump if he knew Sater and Trump, uh, if he knew Sater and Trump distanced himself. Uh, He's like, boy, I'd have to think about it. He said, I'd even have to think about it (laughs) because he's so eloquent. (laughs) 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 I don't think I know him. Uh, But he was working closely with him like right then on that second Trump Tower, Mm -hmm. Uh, him and Cohen, uh, Sater and Cohen and and Trump on that second Trump Tower in Moscow, the one that we just learned uh, about in the minority report. Right. Mm -hmm. And this book, uh, Trump was privately negotiating with a Russian development firm and Sater was the go between. Mm -hmm. Uh, This quote is great. The deal would require approval from the Kremlin, so a candidate was seeking the White House and simultaneously seeking a business venture that could proceed only if the government of a foreign adversary gave it the green light. That's
0: insane.
1: I know.
2: So they kept it a secret because if it got out, his whole America First campaign would be shot to shit, right? Mm-hmm. So the deal went down like this: uh, three months earlier in September, Sader called Cohen to start it up. He said the tower would be built by IC Expert. They are now on my fantasy indictment league list, mm-hmm. and they were in the minority report. Oh yeah, the tower would be built by IC Expert, a Russian builder with no experience. They've only ever built one apartment <laughs> building, and it was totally steeped in corruption. <laughs> <laughs> Trump would license it and manage it. Uh, Put his name on it, basically. And Mm -hmm. he would be paid $400 million up front. Wow. Uh, IC Expert was working to fund the project from VTB Bank. That is a sanctioned Russia bank. It is illegal to do that. And he was a candidate for president working with a sanctioned (laughs) bank. And here's the quote from the book, which I love. So a presidential candidate was cobbling together a deal that could well depend on Russian financing from blacklisted banks linked to Putin's regime. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Talk about a motive, yep. man. The end.
2: Yeah. Trump wrote a letter of intent to license the project. So <gasps> the letter exists. Uh, and these reporters, Isakoff and Korn, know about it, mm-hmm. so I'm sure Mueller has it. Right. Um, the head of IC expert would later say he owned it 100%, but it turned out it was owned by three offshore shell companies, mm. one headed by a Cypriot lawyer. That's Cyprus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's unclear how the deal started, like who started it. Um, but that explains why Trump was kissing Putin's ass in the media oh, that yeah. whole time. He needed his approval for this project. And during this time, uh, Sader sent out some emails to Cohen saying, quote, let's build a Trump Moscow and fix relations between the countries by showing business is more practical than politics (laughs) Um, Sater noted in an email to Cohen Quote, I arranged for Ivanka to sit in Putin's favorite chair on a trip to Moscow. I'll get Putin on board and we'll get Donald elected and our boy Trump will be president of the United States and we will engineer it. What? I will get Putin to buy in on this and we will make it happen. Unquote. Whoa. And that, this week, in the main episode, he walked back those remarks saying, I was exaggerating. Exaggerating. Uh-huh. Even though he nailed it. <laughs> yeah, well that... I, and the reason that, that he walked that back this week is because it fucking came out in the yeah. book this week. So, yeah, yeah you better. Yeah. So, come January, uh, the permits had not come through. The project was stalling. These guys suck at life. Um, (laughs) Sater and Cohen wanted to reach out to the Kremlin to, like, get some help, right? But then they both looked at each other and, like, realized, womp, womp, neither of us actually know anybody in the Kremlin. Right. Sad face. (laughs) So, what's hilarious is Cohen started blindly calling journalists to see if they knew how to get a hold of anyone in the Kremlin. That's one way to do it. (laughs) One of them was Maggie Haberman. She's She's Like a a New York Times reporter reporting on Trump Forever. Okay. Called up Maggie Haberman saying, Hey, do you know how you know anybody the Kremlin? (laughs) Jesus, like a drunken desperate (laughs) type. And interesting that they would call Maggie Haberman, a known Trump expert, to get Kremlin. Contacts like, like that's yeah. that says a million things right there. Uh, Cohen even like who who knows the Kremlin? Someone who reports on Trump? Yeah, like mm. oh, that's yeah okay. Uh, Cohen even sent a plea for help using the general help email account on the Kremlin's public website. Whoa. Like when you go to <laughs> kremlin dot kremlin dot rush r-, r-, r u I'm sure I don't know what it is yeah kremlin dot com, and you pay, like <laughs> contact us and there's like a little form to fill out. That's what he sent an email like help. Us, we want to make a tower. Their marketing is on point, but their intelligence oh, is hilarious. Lacking. Like, like we're gonna make this whole thing. I don't know anybody. Do you know anybody? No. Let's let's call was, information. Email we'll submit web web random page. forms. <laughs> yeah. So here's a little bit about Seder, Okay, he was born in Russia. He grew up in Brighton Beach. Now we need to watch Brighton Beach memoirs. Oh. Yeah. Uh, he stabbed a guy in the face in 1991 with a broken stem of a margarita glass, and he did a year in jail. I just that. that's my favorite thing about that this guy. So rude. I I think that's my favorite thing about him. <laughs> <laughs> who knows the guy maybe he earned it i don't know okay fair enough but when he got out he set up this crazy pump and dump pump and dump stock scheme with russian mobsters uh and and members of the mafia to the tune of 40 million dollars you guys what? 40 million dollar stock scam and in 1998 he cut a deal with the feds um and helped them roll up the others from the stock scheme he basically you know Sold out. He became a stool pigeon. He informed on all of them. By 2000, by 2002, he was working for Bayrock. That's a Kazakh uh, firm uh, partnered with him for this real estate company. Their office was in Trump Tower, Manhattan. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Bayrock did a ton of deals with Trump, including Trump Soho, um, South Houston, which was later sued by owners saying they were defrauded by Trump and his kids. Uh, basically, oh. what they were doing is they were saying, like, uh, we have 80% of the building sold. And it was uh, these sales were with fake Russian, like, fake Americans that were at real Russians that mm-hmm. were trying to, sh- like, lie and say. Because it's easier to sell uh, pieces of property inside a building if most of the building is almost sold out. Yeah, But yeah. if it's empty and you're the first person in, mm-hmm. nobody wants it. Exactly. So they, they lied and said they're almost sold out. Yeah. And they used these... Fake Americans that were real Russians that were fronting the money to do this—that you can't do that. You can't. That's defrauding uh, <laughs> people. That's very bad. Uh, and Bayrock tried to do the first Trump Tower in Moscow, the first one, but they, you know, were stymied by Obama's sanctions because they invaded Crimea. Uh, Russia did. They annexed. Tried to annex Crimea. Mm-hmm. Um, Trump said, "Quote: I wouldn't even really know what he looked like." Unquote. <laughs> when asked about Felix Sater, but. You've done all these fucking deals with mm-hmm. him. He lived in your building. He, you tried to do first Trump Tower with him. You tried to do second Trump Tower with him in Moscow. Like, but you wouldn't recognize him. I wouldn't even know what he looks like. Yeah, I don't know him. So he's not. distancing himself. Then there's Sergey Million. In 2009, Million's tiny real estate company signed a deal with the Trumps to help meet Russian industrial real estate needs. Okay, mm. and Trump sold a ton of condos to Russians through this company. A, a 2017 Reuters review of his real estate showed 63 individual Russians bought over 98. Million dollars in Trump properties in Florida alone,
1: Whoa.
2: and many more that were bought by shell companies. Most of the money did not end up with Trump. He got a commission. So that's smells huh. like laundry to me. Yeah, it
1: smells like laundry,
2: <laughs> dirty laundry. But you have the fresh, delicious Gain slash Bounce laundry. No, no. Gains if
0: you want to sponsor us. Yeah, Gain Bounce. We're yeah, we'll eat you. it
2: like Halo Top. #tag Tide Pods. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm too old for tide pots. <laughs> In 2011, Million's uh, little company did a cultural exchange program. Ooh, but it was soon invested. They were trying to get executives to come over there, and some would come over here, and they would oh, swap them I out see. like a student exchange program, but for grown-ups. <laughs> uh, but it, it turned out um, that. It was in being investigated by the FBI because he was recruiting spies. What? <laughs> yeah, the FBI chased them back to Russia, and Trump later would deny any business ties to Miljan at all. Of course, isn't that hilarious? It is hilarious and frustrating that that works for like the
1: time being. Seriously, just saying. <laughs>
2: One big Trump oh, no. deal, one big huge Trump deal was uh, Rebo Love This mm-hmm. is the guy whose yes. name I could never say. Riboflavin. Riboflavin. Robocop. Love, uh, love, love. Rebo Love, love, love. He spent a year in jail in 1990 for murder. By 2008. <laughs> I'm going to stop making fun of his name. <laughs> <laughs> but by 2008, Forbes said he was worth $12.5 billion. Wow. So, oligarch. Mm-hmm. Um, he paid Trump $95 million for his $45 million. Shitty mansion. Trump pocketed the $50.
1: Ah, yes. Wait a minute. (laughs) He turned around and sold it. Yeah. This is
2: interesting. Laundry. So that's chapter six, you guys. Who did
1: he kill? Do you know?
2: I don't know who he killed. Jesus. He murdered somebody in maybe maybe.
1: Chaz. To think one day you could be a person that just. Has a person they just killed, and no yeah. one knows exactly. And who then has a political things career. on your timeline, and, you, yeah. and then
2: you get out of jail, and then you're a billionaire. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. must that be nice. It's like
1: ah, moving on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, I like that. Looking it's forward. R- it's Russian <laughs> privilege, is what it is.
1: <laughs> yes. All
2: right, chapter seven. He's been a Russian stooge for fifteen years. This is all Manafort. This chapter is Manafort, and mm-hmm. we've talked about this to death already uh, mm-hmm. in in our <clears throat> in our regular show, but. To so go through what they cover in the book, Manafort worked for Ford, Bush, and Dole, but then he took a, a hiatus to work for the Ukraine for a long time, but he mm-hmm. wanted back into American politics. So he pitched Trump via Tom Barak, this friend of his. Mm-hmm. He said he would take no salary, which is weird. Mm. Yep, He had an apartment already in Trump Tower, and he said that he'd avoided DC Insider since 2005, so you can trust me. <laughs> Uh, even though he's a K Street lobbyist, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the in the two thousands, he opened a lobbying firm with a guy named Rick Davis. And Manafort pitched Pasca at that time for ten million dollars hmm. to help him work on his stuff. Okay. So a f- a, what? Ha- this backfired because there was a fax found on John McCain's fax machine from Pasca, thanking Manafort and Davis for setting up meetings with McCain and two other GOP senators <laughs> in Davos, Switzerland. Wow. Yeah. So, McCain's aides were like aghast because Deripaska had been sanctioned here by then, mm-hmm. um, which we learned from a Washington Post report written by a guy named Glenn Simpson. Oh. Yeah, yeah. He ended up finding Fusion GPS later. Yep. Finding. Finding. Founding. Homie. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's, that's Glenn Simpson. He was a reporter for WAPO. He reported on this a lot. Nice. That's cool. Uh, Davis uh, had to sever ties from Manafort as because he, he was McCain's aide. And McCain said, we're not having that fucking guy in our 2008 campaign. <laughs> yeah. Because McCain's <laughs> not
1: an idiot. Instead, we'll have Sarah Palin. <laughs> oh, good
2: point. What the fuck was that? She can only see Russia, though. She doesn't actually conspire with them. <laughs> good point. So, good point. So then Dara Paska sent Manafort uh, to the Ukraine to rehabilitate the image of a guy named Yanukovych. He's like, I'm going to, you know, I've given you $10 million. I need you to go make this guy look better than he is because he's fat and ugly, and he's a dick. <laughs> so Yanukovych was basically the guy who was a Putin. The Putin install for the Ukraine. Right. He's a pro-Putin, pro-Russian separatist that wanted to, you know, be the president of the Ukraine. Yanukovych, uh, his opposition, Yushchenko, beat him in that election, but Mm. then he ended up being poisoned. Wow. It's a thing for them. Then Manafort set up an office in Kiev, staffed with 40 people, including Ted Devine, who later became Bernie Sanders' chief campaign strategist in 2016. Yeah. Another staffer was a guy named Kalimnik. That Bernie connection freaks me out. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know what that's about. Um, they they dressed up Yanukovych. They bought him some nice shu- suits. He, he's like a fixer-upper. Like, have you ever dated a guy where you're like, I can fix this guy? I can guy? change him. <laughs> well, they fixed him up a little bit. He's still a dick on the inside. <laughs> they um, always are. <laughs> and they figured out which hot-button issues they could use to manipulate the electorate. So Hmm. does that sound familiar? Yes. So Manafort pitched him to the United States too, Yanukovych. They brought him over in 2006 to meet Dick Cheney, one of the loveliest men ever. God, a walking devil. But they didn't (gasps) register as a foreign agent. And this pissed off uh, Yanukovych's political uh, opponents uh, person. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, they were like, we have to register. Why don't you register? Yanukovych won. Uh, that election mm. um with the help of basically just because of Paul Manafort. Yeah. Um and he set forth then to jail his opponent, Timoshenko. And Manafort even hired an American law firm to write a report supporting her conviction, saying wow. she should remain in jail.
0: Ridiculous.
2: He lobbied Rorabacher and three United Kingdom politicians uh to do this without registering with Farah, the the Foreign Agency Registry mm-hmm. Act. Uh, foreign Agent Registries Act, Registry Act, I think. Yeah, where you have to register that you're lobbying for a foreign <laughs> yes. basement. Yeah. And in 2011, Timoshenko filed a civil lawsuit in New York saying Manafort colluded with a Ukrainian gas magnate named Fertosh, <laughs> who laundered hundreds of millions of ill-gotten dollars through shell companies in Panama, Cyprus, and Europe. Uh, and he did two real estate ventures in New York. Huh. Brad Zaxon helped with those real estate deals, and he used to work for Trump's dad. So, hmm, hmm. I put them both on the fantasy indictment list. Oh yeah, Uh, the suit was dismissed, uh, unfortunately, because the racketeering took place mostly outside of the United States, mostly outside of the jurisdiction of the court, so they couldn't they couldn't really do anything about it. Uh, Manafort's relations with Deripaska started going shitty Mm -hmm. (laughs) a decade earlier. Deripaska set up a firm called Surf Horizon. These names (laughs) for these shell companies sound like like paint color names from home depot or like (laughs) Like, generators like they just plug in. i want to make san diego
1: startups
2: (laughs) i want to see i want to see like a bunch of paint colors and then take these take these names surf horizon and cambridge analytica and like these are color names like i can make a painting based on this
0: yeah
2: (laughs) i just see it like that's how they home depot names their paint chips i love it uh, so yeah, so Fertosh, yeah, so they <laughs> helped with this. But this, anyway, his it started going south because a decade earlier he set up uh, Dara set up Surf Horizon, right? I feel like that's an orange color. Oh yeah. Uh, and he put seven point five million dollars into management fees. He he gave that to Manafort and Gates, hmm. and they set up a deal to buy a Ukrainian telecom company, like a cable company, for twenty one million dollars. <laughs> and then Manafort Manafort and Gates disappeared, and the deal never went through. Mm-hmm. And then Dara sued Manafort. Uh, in the Cayman Islands, and then again in Atlanta, <laughs> Georgia. And i you remember when we were talking about this? I was like, "What did they do? How do you steal their money? What happened?" It, this was it. They tried to do this cable deal, and then Manafort and Gates took his money and ran.
1: Wow, hardcore.
2: Uh, yeah, like that's ballsy. Uh,
1: <laughs> that is woo. <laughs> it's like some Goodfellas
2: shit. Uh, totally. Yeah. Like we're out. And. Uh, Anyway, so they, he sued him. Deripaska sued Manafort to get his money back twice and created multiple cutout entities in Cyprus and set the deal up as a series of loans to avoid taxes. That's, mm-hmm. that's how Manafort didn't have to pay taxes on, on this $21 million that he stole from a Russian. Right. Nice. So Manafort sought to use his position in the Trump campaign now to pay back Deripaska because he felt like he was about to get polonium tea.
0: <laughs> so
2: in a series At of... Trader Joe's. <laughs> very different. It's yeah. totally not that Kind of team <laughs> but in a series of emails to kalimnik uh he uh manafort said quote i'm sure you've shown our friends my media coverage right mm. and kalimnik says absolutely every article uh and then he says quote how do we use to get whole has ovd operations seen <laughs> ovd stands for oleg deripaska oh okay yeah. so manafort owed about sixteen million dollars to Pasca via shell companies, and when Washington Post sent out a list of questions to the Trump campaign, and I didn't know they did this, but they sent a list of questions to the Trump campaign about Manafort's relationships with Pasca, Manafort instructed Hope Hicks to disregard the request. Uh Manafort using his campaign position to fix his position with Putin, uh with the Putin oligarch had to remain a secret. So Wow yeah, Told Hope her to just ignore Hicks. it. And she did. Yeah, and she she did, and then she uh testified and then she quit.
1: Yeah. And hopefully, but yeah,
2: I guess she <laughs>
1: did the right thing in the end. Yeah. yeah she Sally did. Yates got a good ten days in,
2: right? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. At least as acting <laughs> attorney general, right? Was she acting attorney general? Yeah, that's what she did. Mhm. She was a badass. She'll be in the sexy justice calendar. Oh mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. yes. Very nice. There was a one of our fans who was like, You better put Sally Yates in. It was almost threatening. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> the enthusiasm. I like it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We do have very enthusiastic fans. We do, we? yeah. It's freaking awesome. I know, I love it. I I I'm so like daily humbled mm-hmm. By mm-hmm. yes, by our fans. Yeah, if that sounded like when I feel sad, I, was I just, peeing in a cup. I wasn't. I was just pouring, no,
0: no, <laughs> pouring wine. Yeah, we need
2: a wine sponsor.
0: Sponsor as soon as possible. Oh, We're losing yes. so much money. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Come on, Fitvine, come through. (laughs) All right, guys, chapter eight. How the fuck did he get on the list? Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is a a cute little hilarious chapter about Trump's basically his foreign policy advisor team. Right. And I I just want to go over this. I think it's hilarious. So Trump's team of foreign policy advisors was a joke early on. None of them wanted anything to do with us, said uh, John Kelly. (laughs) 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 Like when he was talking about trying to find legitimate foreign policy advisors. So there was a radio talk show host named Sam Clovis. He managed to put together, like, a ragtag list of slapdash weirdos. <laughs> and uh, Trump read them off uh, to a group of reporters one night. Uh, Waleed Fares. Uh It just sounds like a, like, that sounds like a cool. Waleed well, Fariz be- or No, it sounds are. like a cool <laughs> fucking, like, uh, b- I don't know R and B guy or something. Oh, Waleed Ferris, you know, like Waleed. Yeah, the Waleed part. Yeah, there's a
0: guy named Khalid right Khalid, now. Yeah. yeah, there you go. There's yeah. Khalid.
2: There's Farrell uh, uh,
0: what's his name? Ferris. Waleed. Fer- oh, um, Are are talking about DJs. I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Who does the song Happy? Oh, Pharrell. Oh, oh William. yeah. There you go, Pharrell. So we
1: yeah. have
2: Khalid Farrell There we go. I mean, Waleed Ferris. Nice. <laughs> Except this guy is a Fox News guy, so fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah, not the same. We have yeah. Joseph Schmitz, a former Pentagon IG and Inspector General. We have Carter Page and George Papadopoulos. Mm-hmm. No one had any experience, any credentials, like, <laughs> uh, nothing. Two of them had shady pasts. Ferris <laughs> uh, was close to a Lebanese warlord that operated hit squads against Shia Muslims. <laughs> and Schmitz was chief counsel to Blackwater. <laughs> Blackwater is Eric Prince's outfit, the guy who met in the Seychelles with Imbiza. Right.
1: yeah. Black
2: Blackwater killed civilians in in the Iraq war and and had to shut down. They were sued. Wow. They killed uh, Iraqi civilians. Gunned them down. Women and children. It was terrible. Uh, Steve Bannon said, quote, these people are a bunch of clowns. (laughs) unquote and regarding papadopoulos he said how the fuck did he get on the list mm-hmm. <laughs> that's literally what he said um they had their first meeting on march 31st 2016 we've all seen the photos because mm-hmm. remember when trump was trying to say papadopoulos is a coffee boy yeah but then they show the the meeting the instagram picture that trump posted of papadopoulos yeah, sitting sessions at the table was there and all yeah, that, yeah sessions was there clovis was there jd gordon fucking idiot so <laughs> um uh, at that meeting said he had recently met with a Maltese professor who could help arrange a meeting between Trump and Putin. That's yeah, Mifsud. Mif-Sud yeah. Yeah. Jeff Sessions shot it down, but Trump seemed interested according to people in the room. <laughs> Papadopoulos went back and met with Mifsud again on April 26th where, where Mifsud told told him that he had dirt on Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. And then in May the next month, Papadop got drunk and bragged to Alexander Downer in a London pub. You always have to brag to an Australian because Australians have way better stories than, than any seriously kangaroo you fights know? yeah you really do mm-hmm. like that's not a knife and so <laughs> the, he, he bragged to this guy uh, in a london pub saying that uh, the russians had dirt on hillary clinton mm-hmm. and, and he didn't think any, alexander downer didn't think of anything of it at the time right like, well, whatever this guy's drunk mm-hmm. he's bragging because he seems like a braggy guy <laughs> uh, and then pop kept emailing pop i just call him pop Pop-It-Up. yeah pop i like that He kept emailing uh, campaign officials over and over again. Manafort forwarded one of his emails to another campaign official saying, quote, Trump is not doing these trips. It should be someone low-level in the campaign so as not to send any signal.
0: Oh, James Bond.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I guess, but that's just a little weird. So Papadop's meetings were not only uh, were not the only outreach attempts, though, to get Putin and Trump together. It wasn't just Papadop. So here's some other ones. There's torsion and Butina. At the NRA, I, I've added them to the fantasy indictment league mm-hmm. too. They kept popping up at Republican fundraisers, NRA meetings, CPACs, Freedom Fest, uh, right? National <laughs> Prayer Breakfasts, stuff like that. And during Freedom Fest, Freedom Fest in July 2015, Butina asked Trump about sanctions, and he said, well, "We don't need them." Basically. We don't need sanctions anymore. Bannon would watch these tapes later and ask, why was she there? Why did Trump call on her? Why did his answer seem rehearsed? Hmm. Priebus also thought it was odd, mole, (laughs) and he thought it was strange that she seemed to be everywhere. Like, who is she? In the spring of 2016, Torshin and Boutina met with Trump at the NRA convention. The meeting was set up by Paul Erickson, a conservative activist who emailed Rick Dearborn, a senior Trump campaign staffer, saying, Kremlin connection! Yeah, <laughs> Jordan, we've talked about this a few times. Quote, Putin is deadly serious about building a good relationship with Trump. Deadly serious. Deadly. Oh, God. oh not subtle. subtle at all. No. He wants to extend an invitation to Trump to visit him in the Kremlin before the election. Uh, the Kremlin believes that the only... Uh, possibility of true reset in this relationship would be with a new Republican White House. Ever mm. since Hillary compared Putin to Hitler, all senior Russian leaders consider her beyond redemption.
0: Oh, they're offended. Oh. That is
2: a harsh. That is well, yeah, harsh. But if the Russians I'm don't want you it. to be president, that is totally, yeah. totally deserved. If the Russians don't want you to be president, it seems that they can make you not be president. Yeah,
1: and he's
0: proven the point. Even if he, if she didn't really have facts before to prove that he was like a Hitler
1: type, he's yeah, only I forget, verified. It's, it's in the book the specific thing that he did that was that what uh, why it was in response to a act that he did. That I mean, she,
2: poisoning your opponents, jailing them. Oh well, uh, he yeah. she she basically called him a fraud, and she caused all the protests. I guess yeah, uh, in Russia, the hundreds of thousands, eight hundred thousand people showed up to protest. He blamed mm. her and she's a woman so and, then, that. and then and yep. then now he holds a grunge, grudge against her because she did that yeah, yeah.
0: like pussy right okay. i think he's threatened by the fact that these women are kicking his ass yeah so he wishes he
1: was hitler I you don't know. think he's a little misogynist Putin? i don't oh he's totally misogynist oh. but i don't think
0: he
2: gives a shit about pussy right oh
1: fair
0: enough well he handled them in yeah, his uh, opinion
2: quite <laughs> yeah um i think they're amazing i love those things. oh yeah totally. now around this same time flynn was giving his speech in moscow remember when he gave his speech mm-hmm. uh, about how we should be friends and he sat in Next to Putin at dinner, <laughs> across from them was Jill Stein. Oh, she must have been right. pissed. Well, at what? No,
1: there's like e- so?
2: she was there. Yeah, no. I guess supporting there. it.
1: When you said really? that, yeah, when you said that thing about Sanders having some people that were tied to the Kremlin, now that my first thought was, and so did Jill Stein.
0: So you think she was there? Like, why for for else him? would she be
1: there? Mm,
2: this wow. was an RT dinner. It, ma- it makes me wonder: are all of the people who tried to take down Hillary Clinton?
0: No, they're all like, uh, yeah, yeah. I wonder, helped out by Russia? Yeah,
2: I would really, really like to believe no, Hmm. but I would like to. But I've worked personally with Bernie Sanders. Uh, I, I, I think he's got a lot of integrity. But I mean, there are things that you and I, as citizens, just can't know. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. That's so Um, true. So also in April 2016, 11 million files from Mossack Fonseca were hacked and given to a German newspaper. These were known as the Panama Papers. We mm-hmm. covered these in an uh-huh. early episode. Yeah. Um, I think
1: you did that, Julissa, right? I yeah. did, yeah.
2: Episode three or something. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't go back and listen. To it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so embarrassed by our sound quality back That's then. Fair. Like That's we've fair. gotten so good. I don't yeah. know if you guys know this, but we did never. I've never. None of us had ever podcasted until this. None of us had ever done anything. We learned it all right then when the indictments went down because we oh, wanted yeah. to do this for mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. And so at first it was uh, <laughs> on the sound, but I think we've gotten to a point where I think you know we've got our sound down. Yeah. We've, and it, it's only going to st- keep getting better. Yeah, and it, it, really, it's all f- because of our contributors, and I have to thank them, you. so true like all the time. Yes, because we're going to break even soon. I love you. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> Just it's it's I I want to bring you like the highest quality content, like, every week with, like, sound that doesn't suck, so yes, Mm -hmm. I hope that we're doing that for you. If you have any, seriously, emails at hello at wrote. If you Mm -hmm. have any, like, little uh, tips Tips. and tricks, we would love to hear it, because we've never done this. We're brand We learned the mics have a back and a front. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, our our podcast got immensely better when we stopped talking into the backs of microphones. (laughs) It did. It really did. Way less confusing for Jalisa when she was editing it. Oh, my gosh. It helps that the microphone says back Mm -hmm. on Mm-hmm. yeah it does Sometimes. but who's looking at that i don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> see we're comedians we have handheld mics we're not used to the yeah fancy exactly condenser mics yeah. Ooh. <laughs> so anyway panama papers earlier episode putin blamed it on obama of course in the mm-hmm. united states but that didn't set off any alarms in the white house it never does it didn't ever seem to um i uh, and somebody asked in in the main episode like what What's going on with the Obama administration? Didn't this happen under his watch? Yeah, a lot of it did. Um, I don't Now, when Trump comes on and says, uh, you know, Obama should have taken care of this. It's his fault. You were the one we should have been watching and weren't. So don't let's not mm-hmm. blame us for not catching you, you know, fucking your, my brother, whatever yeah. it is. You yeah. know, it's just it's absolutely insane. His his blaming Obama. He just loves to blame Obama for everything. Um, anyway, n- uh, all right. So, so, you know, like I said, that did not set any alarms off uh, in the Obama White House. And neither did an intelligence report of an intercepted conversation that indicated the GRU was going to strike Hillary for stoking the 2011 protests. Mm-hmm. This was also largely ignored. This is like the fifth thing we missed. Yeah. Now, in May, Mook was briefed about the DNC hack. And he said to himself... <laughs> oh, shit, I wonder what they got, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is what I would think, too. Like, have you ever walked up to your car and the window's broken out? Yeah. Come home and somebody's broken into your house and you're like, shit, what did they, they get? Did they get their laptop? Yeah. And you're looking around for what they got and you can't remember what was in there in the first place and you're mm-hmm. like, I'll find out three months later when right. I'm like, where's my thing? Where's yeah. my PP tape? Yeah, where's my <laughs> yeah, P tape? I really needed that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he was, he, he was upset that he wasn't told sooner, and he should have been. Like, why did Hawkins, why did the FBI call, call, call that mid-level guy? I don't even know. So he began wondering if Trump was involved, um, and he had some clues, right? Mm-hmm. Trump hired a bunch of Russian-friendly advisors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trump's repeated sympathetic comments about Putin and Russia. Right. That's a thing. Uh, Trump's first porn, foreign porn. 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 <laughs> Trump's, first, <laughs> Trump's first porn star happened with uh, Trump's first... <laughs> Fuck, I can't even say it. Trump's first foreign policy speech on April 27th, vowing to improve Russia relations in attendance with Sergei Kislyak, right? right? Like. Uh, Mook and the other senior campaign advisors began thinking there was a sinister connection between Trump and the Russians, and mm-hmm. rightfully so. They thought about planting phony information in their you know in their uh, emails to see if trump would use it in the campaign right and then prove that would prove trump was in league with the russians he told mark elias the campaign lawyer about this and they decided this is a bad idea <laughs> because what if we put salacious info in there and it's stolen and it gets out and nobody believes us <laughs> about, right? it, about it that we that we planted it no we put that in there to see if he would steal it like everyone would be like yeah whatever <laughs> Uh, so Mook decided to implement a new cybersecurity procedure, but he had no idea that Podesta's emails were already hacked. The Russians were already inside. Oh my gosh, Pointless. that's that's a movie plot for sure. It's insane, you yeah. guys. All right, thanks for listening. I I enjoyed this book so much. I really recommend you guys pick it up. Um, I'm loving reading it. So anyway. Uh, this is Muller She Wrote. Join us next time for the next installment of Russian Roulette, the book report, I guess. <laughs> I want to make a diorama. I like would, it, yeah. That would be the scariest diorama ever. Yes, there would be. <laughs> There'd be poisonings and all sorts of, poli- like, tea party, like, little Russian tea party. Oh, tea party. We could have Rick Perry dancing. Ooh. I don't even know. Very nice. I don't know. It's creepy dolls. Yeah, <laughs> definitely scary. Anyway, I'm A.G. I'm Jaleesa Johnson. I'm Jordan Coburn. And this is Muller She Wrote. Soap okay. W. Media.